welcome. <laughs> How are you? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Good, good. Yeah. Feeling good. Feeling ready for episode seven. We're at seven? Uh-huh. Of Off-Brand Podcast. Yeah. Off-Brand Podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm Courtney. I'm Aubrey, and uh, we are Dandelion Branding. This is true. Together. Yeah. I don't know if everybody actually calls us the Dandelion Duo, but we call ourselves that. I think it's catchy. It's fun. Is it like a thing to give yourself a nickname? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm just going to go ahead and assume, yeah, sure. It's like a little silly, but like, who, you know, we got to start it. Who else yeah. is going to do it? You know? I don't know. We um, run this show. Right, right. We're in charge. We can call it whatever we want. And uh, and that's how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what do you want to be in charge of next? <laughs> there we go. And, and, and that's how Off-Brand Podcast was born. Yeah, pretty much. Or like anything we do. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Just... We just need another thing to be the boss of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, just stuff that we're interested in, stuff that we think is fun, and what we, you know, want to fill our time with. And that's now what our life is. And that's pretty amazing. It's a pretty uh, pretty sweet deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, yeah. yeah, how has your last week been? It's been a week... Um, oh. since other people have heard how you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gosh, I think that this week has been pretty solid. Like I feel this, this week has been, a. am inclined to say better than last week. Certainly hella better than last um, week. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, much more normal, I think. And, and we're just kind of cranking away. We've got some awesome projects that we're working on. Um, and mm-hmm. So no complaints, man. Uh, it's almost the holidays. It's just about, oh gosh, oh my Lord. Wow. It's very close to Christmas. Um, yeah. It's like in a week. Yeah. It's in exactly a week. It's in exactly a week. Whoa. Um, so there's that. Yeah. Um, feeling... I'm, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a, um, Santa hat. Wow. <laughs> Feeling festive. Yeah, I just figured that I would put it on for the podcast. <laughs> just sitting in a Yeah, yeah, I also have uh, a stockings on the wall. Yes, you do. And it's precious. No, I, I love how you've decorated your office. <laughs> I love it. I think I need to keep it seasonal. Yeah, why not? Yeah, uh, I guess what's the next uh, one? I don't like Valentine's Day. Uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah, I guess. Then St. Patrick's Day. I don't know. These days are weird. Holidays are strange, but I'm not that into holidays. Um, yeah, I think it's silly, but I think. But on the same note, it's like I don't know. Maybe Tom is rubbing off on me that I just feel like days in life is hard, so we should just 
celebrate stuff like when we can it's totally a tomism because <laughs> i'm like i'm the one that's like i fucking don't want a holiday like like i don't want to do holiday stuff don't talk to me yeah and he's just like why don't you like holidays it's just it's nice to just celebrate it is a very well so for those who don't know aubrey lives in the netherlands and the dutch love to celebrate oh my god everything and all the things all the things and Um, some things that that are really random a lot that are really random yeah but maybe it speaks to their history a little bit of like you know that it it's a it's it's been a country that's been like taken over and so maybe that's why they they choose to celebrate as much as they do um yeah because they also I mean, I guess that by they, I mean we. We also basically live in a swamp. Yeah. Because, um, like, the Dutch windmill is actually a water pump. It has nothing to do with the wind, except for that's, like, part of their power. But it's actually the water pump getting the water out of the swamp so that we can live here. And the country is actually half underwater. So and um, there's not exactly a reason for that, except for... The reason is that they just didn't want to fight German tribes anymore. So they came over here. So they're kind of just like, <laughs> kind of just like, yeah, they didn't want to be pillaged anymore. So they came to a like more defensible place and just were like, we'll just, we'll just like make it, make it cool over here. It's fine. <laughs> it's, we're good. You don't want yeah. this land and you couldn't run it. You couldn't even, you didn't even know what to do if you had it anyway. So you don't want this. Um, Not a bad plan. Yeah. And they just like make positive and make light out of everything, which is not my personality at all. <laughs> so I. From Flint, Michigan. You. Yeah. From Flint, Michigan. And uh no, and actually, it's funny that you say that because Tom and I randomly have like very deep conversation, and that was what our conversation was about um, this week. Was that like I am from somewhere that is completely different? Yeah, and what like when I get proud, it feels like. I don't, I don't, I just like, sometimes I think about the journey that I, that I took to get here and it, it's just, it's a lot and I get a little proud, but I should be more proud because like, it was a fucking, it is a journey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is a major life shift that not many people make. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know anything about Flint, Michigan, which happens, it, parts of it literally feel like kind of an old like dreary war zone mm-hmm. and Courtney I'd love to take you there but like oh, yeah I would love to go there someday because it is a major part of American history that like not only you know, like 50 years ago but 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 now as well um yeah and yeah uh, it is and I, I've been hearing more about sort of a, a resurgence of like local businesses and stuff there that people that are living in Flint are, are kind of it's coming back. Yeah. They're, they're taking it, it by the reins a bit and, and um, 
Yeah, they there have are a to. lot of small businesses and stuff that are popping up from from local folks, and I think that's freaking incredible. Um, so yeah, I would love to to see it someday. Yeah, yeah we can give you the we can give you the tour. <laughs> you can sure. go on. You can go on like the cop tour, which right. is real interesting. Um, and you can also go on the like this is this is the good side of Flint tour, which is also lovely and shorter but like yeah yeah I mean I think that that's one of the most interesting things about it is that it is simultaneously like both things like both this this uh it's kind of very hard place um but it also there there's still like a blooming community so Mm -hmm. I would love to see that Yeah. yeah it's real interesting um yeah How's your week been then? <laughs> it's been good. Um, better than last week. Last week was weird. Uh, but I think I I feel good. I went to a, I have anxiety about doing things in public because I don't understand Dutch. So today I went to an aerobics class. Nice. So I'm like getting back into the gym, like classes rather than just going rock climbing or like doing yoga by myself in my house I'm like I really need to do stuff or like walk silently like I'm alone all the time so yeah started that tomorrow I I'm gonna start going to a language cafe Mm -hmm. yep gonna talk Dutch it's like a group situation to learn the language yeah yeah that's my uh New Year's resolution. I know you're not into New Year's resolutions, um, but I, it has to be my New Year's resolution for 2020, or else I can't stay in the country. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, more of a goal. <laughs> <laughs> a required New Year's resolution. Yeah, yeah. I make my resolutions things that I have to do, so right. that I feel like I turned it into a choice. You turn it into a choice, and then when it inevitably happens, because you have to do it, you're like, hell yeah, check that off the list. Yeah. I mean, like, okay. I mean that's how I started rock climbing. Really? Yeah. Okay. It was a New Year's resolution in, like, 2017, and I uh, completed, started ro- starting rock climbing on December 31st of 2017. There you go. <laughs> or 2016. I don't know. One of those years. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Wow. See, I guess my thing against New Year's resolutions is just that, like, I don't know. Like, I understand that people use the symbolism of the change in year to, like, mean that there's a shift in themselves, I suppose. But I'm just, like, an asshole. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> like, if you're not, like, if, if I can't make this change at, like, any point in the year, then... Uh, it's not gonna happen in January and if I try to like hold myself to it I'm just gonna feel bad about it so like if it's something I feel strongly about strongly enough about I'm gonna do it regardless of the date yeah and um I agree with you but since you told me that a few days ago you were anti-resolution I was like what can I say to fuck up Courtney's brain about it (laughs) Do it, and I, <laughs> and I thought I thought of the only thing that might work, <laughs> which is that 
you should have a New Year's resolution that you start on Jan 1 for the same reason that you should start, like, ads and copy at midnight to collect data at the time at the right for the right amount of time that you can like Hmm. that is quantifiable you think framing it in a way of data is gonna help (laughs) me do it (laughs) no i think it's gonna defeat defeat it's gonna give you something interesting to think about and maybe defeat your like why the fuck wouldn't I just start this at a random date? Because I don't disagree with you, like, by any means. And I think mm. you and I have probably had this conversation yeah. before. Yeah. And it would be like, I agree. But I also <laughs> think that there's something to, like, the day of the year. Yeah. And you know that's when you started. And you know, like, like if you're going to collect data about it. Right. It is the easiest day to remember the beginning of some <laughs> process, whatever it was. Yeah, that's um, literally all I got to, like, argue. That's <laughs> like, like, you know, and, and I get that. And, and I, I think that, you know, if, if that's something that, like, folks resonate with, then I'm all for it. And, I, and I'm interested in, in, like, playing with the concept of a New Year's resolution this year. Because there is so much that I do want to accomplish in 2020. And, like, I, like, why not consider those goals of mine to be New Year's resolutions, I suppose? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I (laughs) mean, right, a goal and a resolution. But a resolution is, like, this is a thing that I've decided yeah. Whereas a goal is like, this is a thing I'm going to work towards. I highly, I really prefer goals because I can't hold myself to literally any, like I have no willpower to deal with my own shit, deal with my <laughs> own self. <laughs> if I'm like, I'm going to give up sugar. No, you fucking won't, bitch. Nah, nah bitch. It's not going to happen. Mm-mm. No, you won't. Mm-mm. And as soon as you tell yourself you're going to give up sugar, you're going to go get yourself a cheesecake because... Now you're thinking about sugar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's a tangible difference between like giving up sugar and like learning a language. Yeah. Um, and I guess the difference is, is the difference between a resolution and a goal. I suppose. But like, I, yeah, I would also say that like, a goal and a resolution could be like, I would like to be more conscious of my sugar intake. So maybe, like, maybe my resolution is like, I'm gonna. You're gonna write down every time it. you eat sugar, which is also you're gonna never collect gonna data. That's the thing. Like, I just feel like people get down on themselves because they don't complete their New Year's resolutions because they make these like ridiculous things that are major life changes that like okay maybe some people do it i don't know i'd love to know the like percentage of people that actually complete their new year's resolution versus the people that just feel shitty about it that exists um, in the world somewhere that data we can google it and it okay. will it's, some, it's literally something like 10 percent of people right and then 90 you know, percent are just left tom's dad did it tom's dad did it this year of course he did but okay yeah <laughs> what is what was it yeah I know of course he did he's like the 10 percent. he's so motivated <laughs> yeah he's German I don't know maybe you think it's different for it's different for Culturally. people in different yeah. yeah 
Mm-hmm. His okay. goal was not to eat cho- like pure chocolate. Okay. Um, that's it. Like it, it wasn't like no chocolate ever or like don't enjoy the cake. It was like don't just sit and eat chocolate. So he hmm. could have like there's cookies here that have chocolate inlaid in them. That was the only chocolate he could have at the house. But like a candy bar or a chocolate bar, like Okay. Wasn't having those. Interesting. That was that was it. That seems doable though, because you're not like limiting an entire portion of your life. Like he could still have sugar in different ways. Right. But just like if if he was finding himself like eating a straight up chocolate bar all the time, then like yeah, I could s- then then stopping that is like mm-hmm. a, is a big cha- a big change but you're not like mm-hmm. then going to be like fiending for sugar cuz you still are allowing yourself to have it in a, in just right. slight, slightly other way yeah in other ways yeah. yeah but the thing is tom wanted to join him but then every time we went over there somebody would have been gifting them chocolate cuz that's a thing in this culture is you gift like these chocolates and then he would give us the chocolate <laughs> And so then, we, like, it actually backfired on us because it ended up now we have chocolate every time we visit them. <laughs> hmm. So there are consequences yeah. to New Year's resolutions that we don't think about. There you go. Right. You got to find someone to give you chocolate to. Yeah. And I'm like, thanks for the fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you win some, you lose some, you know. Yep. But um, I think both of us have pretty significant goals this coming year for our business. Yes. Um, and um, you had mentioned that you had written that yours was doubling down on dandelion, which I'd like to know more about, I suppose. Um, I liked the alliteration. We love alliteration. Big yep. fans. Big yeah, fans. big fans. Yep. So mm-hmm. um, I don't really know if that's possible because there's literally not enough hours in the day um, in terms of time for me to double down. Mm-hmm. But I feel like what that thought came from because I had other clients until like April or May of this year. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, until like July yeah, it was. Yeah. I had clients outside of Dandelion. So half the year um, wasn't fully focused on this business. And so I want to, in the last six months, has been fully focused on this business. And we have all of a sudden we've made this like profitable company out of nothing. Mm-hmm. So I want to double it. <laughs> Right on. So you mean literally doubling down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, like I, um, I, I mean, for me, getting this, uh, uh, what did we just get? The accountant. Mm-hmm, we did. Is it? Yeah. Is a huge step, um, because I regularly have anxiety about how our money's being handled because I'm not very good at um, math. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just a complicated situation that we have and, and yeah. we know that it, uh, right. It's also that, that... everything. All of our mail is in Dutch and like, uh, like it's just really, it is complicated. And it's also, it's also like a new set of tax laws that we have to follow. Um, I know I'm going to do it wrong and I already have done some things wrong. And because the, because again, it's in Dutch and when it's translated to English, the words don't mean, don't have the same meaning, meaning. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was a huge weight lifted off me or is, will be when that's like a fully operational system. So right in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I'll be able to like dive deeper into, other aspects because that shit takes time yeah and yeah doing figuring yeah. out taxes and stuff yeah um it is <laughs> yeah it is a scary thing and something that we definitely don't want to mess around with so I'm, I'm really stoked that we uh have brought on an accounting firm essentially to help us with with all that nonsense yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I'm breathing easier for sure good 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 yeah I, and I think my um goals or resolutions if you will are also tied to the growth of of dandelion I think specifically around money and and um monetary goals that yep. I've gotta make for myself because money is a really interesting concept and I know we mentioned it last week that that was gonna be the topic for for today and so here we are we're doing it we actually um, did the thing that we said we would do (laughs) that's why I take notes yeah I take (laughs) notes during this podcast sometimes because I I want to be able to remember it and also I write the descriptions and so Mm -hmm. I write down funny stuff and also if we say we'll do something. <laughs> Good, because a lot can happen in a week. And Lord knows I have a rough memory sometimes. So, um, so yeah, so here we are. But I, I mean, as a business owner, um, as a new business owner, I think that being comfortable um, – talking about money and um, making monetary goals um, can be really scary. And there's a lot of like weird brain hurdles to get over. Um, at sure least are. in my experience, I know I'm not alone in that. Um, but um, yeah. So just being more comfortable being like, you know what, we can absolutely have a six figure month like that's fine you know like that's doable um or we can I don't I mean (laughs) (laughs) well okay six figures wait okay maybe I'm getting my figures wrong (laughs) maybe it's like a hundred thousand dollars wait because there's six numbers in it is that what that is yeah okay Courtney (laughs) (laughs) I figured that that's what that was but I just had to clarify so, I mean, someday. Someday, but I don't 
I I would like a six figure year. Year. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I like we grow we grow sustainable businesses and we will also need to grow sustainably. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. I can't. I I don't know what would happen if we jumped to I six figures right for now. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Month okay. Is unattainable. Is is we're just. I, I don't think I'm. We're not interested in growing that quickly. That that much that quickly. Um, like we don't have the infrastructure for that, man. We just got an accountant. Yeah, I think that. But now all- that we have an accountant, we could do that. But what we could do is build a course. Right. Exactly. That's what I was going to sort of say. That the nature of what we do is quite hands-on. Like we work directly with our clients in in helping them build their their marketing structures, helping them build websites and launch products and mm-hmm. um and and things like that. And um so we are very much tied to the work that we produce, but I think that yeah, there are definitely different business models that allow for uh, a mm-hmm. more hands-off um, revenue stream, I suppose. Um, yeah. yeah, and I'm down to like I'm down to talk about those in like May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we when we sort of launched Dandelion, we thought we would primarily be creating courses mm-hmm. at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but we sort of transitioned because we wanted to work as consultants in the industry, I think a bit before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I think like, while we have a lot of experience, our experience is with larger companies and mm-hmm. I don't, and that's one of the things that I think is a pain point for small businesses. Like I just had this conversation with somebody, I think last week where he had gotten a bunch of advice from uh, a guru that was used to working with companies that are bigger than his and gave him advice as if he was a larger company yeah. that does not work. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and, you know, to name drop Ezra Firestone, I love the shit that he does. I love the shit that he says. He's not wrong. His approach is full on data. But mm-hmm. if you listen to him, he will full on tell you this is for a companies that are established. Mm-hmm. And that's not our market. Yeah. So big difference for how businesses operate when they are right. new and small versus like having, you know, been around for for years and are already profitable and yeah. right right and so we want to figure out what these new companies actually need before we offer them a course yeah uh, because we have a lot of ideas for courses uh, but we have a whole layout you know mm-hmm. actually it's like half done we essentially have a half <laughs> yeah we built it more or less We built it, and then we were like, I don't know if our audience would be at this level yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Because branding is really, like, either, I I think, I don't know if you see this, but people are either like, I want to build a brand, and that's what they're focused on, and they're ready for the long haul, or they're like, branding is something that I'm going to deal with later. Yeah. 
yeah. It is an interesting sort of thing that, that people feel right, one of those two ways about and not a whole lot of in between. Yeah, no, it's black and white. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. So, yeah, I think that, that we had to sort of sit and, and like, work within mm-hmm. the industry directly with these businesses to really – to be able to produce a product for them like a course that was mm-hmm. actually going to, like, be effective for them, mm-hmm. one, and speak to the pain points that they're actually having. I think that you can right. assume a whole lot of things, but, like – we don't operate on assumptions and we are un I am unwilling to sell someone a course that is built upon assumptions about their business. Like fuck yep. that. And, yep. and that's how so many small businesses get like essentially taken advantage of because mm-hmm. they're sold on ideals that are just not based in reality. And, and that's probably because this guru or whatever didn't actually do it or they did it for a different, type of company, different size company, different industry, what, what, you know, what have you, there's so many variables. Um, so we really wanted to do something that was, that was going to be far more comprehensive and, and, uh, relatable and Mm -hmm. and real, Mm -hmm. (laughs) usable, tangible. Yeah. All the things, all Um, the things. And, um, I mean, we could have created a course and sold it, a branding course and sold it you know, maybe we'd be at our, our six figure months because our branding course is fucking dope. The, what we have and what, like the, the structure that we have that's already mm-hmm. built is, is actually really great. Yeah. It's going to be like, sick. We'll still do it. <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, we just need to, we just need to like, I think what we should do is split it in half and talk about service providers, talk to people that are service providers and people that are e-commerce businesses yeah. And like take them through the same course, but like yeah, dependent is... upon that industry. Those are we serve both of those people, and yeah, and they're quite different. Yeah, and they are. Um, yeah, a lot of other courses I've seen out there are really quite general. Um, so, but yeah, we're I building mean... something better. Check <laughs> that. That's our. That's one of our twenty twenty goals. Pretty much right. And and uh... let's launch that course look for that q3 yeah we'll also in q within q1 be launching our first bout of uh of fundraising yep um which is a really interesting thing as well i think like specifically around being okay with um Asking for money. Asking for money. Yeah. It's such. I've never been okay with asking for money. Neither have I. Um, It is very much not in my nature. I, yeah, both of us are fiercely independent, hence why we're doing what we're doing. (laughs) Um, I don't even know if that like fully does it justice. Like, yeah, like, like independent to a fault (laughs) yeah like cripplingly like cripplingly independent honestly yeah so so yeah this is a really big shift for us and it's something that we're like yeah it'll be interesting to navigate um and to feel okay with but ultimately we we know that 
we can and, and we can scale this business and it's already proving to be profitable. And so Right. But like we've got we're ready to level up and we're bootstrapping this. We have not taken a dime from anyone. You know, we've we worked many months without being paid Mm -hmm. at all. And Mm -hmm. um, that was really challenging. But it also, you know, kind of lit a fire, I think, and how we we operate and. uh, so, yeah, it'll be a really, really interesting shift. Um, so stay tuned for that come February. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and really, like, what we want from our funding is, like, I run this shit on a Google Chrome computer that is three years old. A Chromebook, yeah. yeah. A Chromebook that is three years old. Like, that's $100 a year on this, off this, for this computer. Mm-hmm. Um, the colors aren't even right. Yeah. All like, like what the colors look like on your screen don't look like that on my screen. Yeah. It's That's why we use funny. hex colors. It's pretty um, funny that actually, that we realized that, um, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, we are, because we've entirely bootstrapped this and, and every dime that we've, made you know we've put a significant portion of that back into the business absolutely and we're not like we're trying to be very financially responsible because this is so new um but we Mm -hmm. also would love to be able to invest in in some higher quality equipment um yeah and uh yeah like yeah like a computer for you or I I would very much like a new camera yeah, because you do all of our vlogs. Um, I do, yeah. And I either use my cell phone or my computer for that, neither of which are great quality. I um, currently am operating without a microphone. I have, like, my headphones. Um, but, you know, we're we're just going – we're going for it with the stuff that we have. And we're mm-hmm. not using we're not using that as an excuse to not produce dope shit. <laughs> like we're still, you know, we're still mm-hmm. producing incredibly valuable content and yep. um and and still successfully creating a, a business structure that that yeah. abs- absolutely works. But um, Yeah, and we bef- and we knew we wanted to do a funding drive but we wanted to be able to prove that this was viable. Yeah. We wanted to be able to prove and say, like, we've been doing this for a year. We're launching this on our one-year anniversary, which is February 4th. Yep. Um, I have that written down on our contract, which we have to give to lots of people sometimes, like, for, like, all the tax stuff, <laughs> all of the stuff. Oh, our, our, like, partnership agreement. Yeah. Our partnership agreement is officially from Feb 4. Yep. Um, you know, if we would have thought about it better, we could have done April 1 and then we wouldn't have to do Q1. I roll. Taxes? Noobs. I don't Yeah, know. we wouldn't need to do biz taxes Q1. I don't if know. If we would have started our business in Q2. Well, I def- I mean, we all right. Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> all good 
I'm just saying in general, if we're talking about money, like that's stuff to think about, which we didn't think about. But we made money in February. So I thought that, you know, I assumed that we had to do things legally. I don't know. I have no idea how the world works. Um, Hence why why we have an accountant. (laughs) I'm like... But that's financially responsible. And to talk about money is also to talk about like being responsible. We, we have dandelion set up so that one third of like it, the one third goes to us and each one of us and the other third goes back into the company. That's 30% that we hold back. Mm -hmm. Um, which a lot of people don't do. And I think it bites a lot of people in the ass. Eventually. <laughs> if they don't do that. Right. Right. You you need to be able to. Like. Sustain your business. Because your business. Like what I think I've learned. Is that. Your business. Beca- is part of you. And if you don't put money into it, if you don't hold back, like leave taxes aside, like it costs money to run email, to have an email. It costs money to use like PicMonkey and and all, and HubSpot, which we don't pay for right now, but we want to. Um, and these like yeah, programs and, and whatnot, programs yeah. and apps, and to get equipment that works, like that shit costs money. And if you don't hold back and and plan for that rainy day like you're gonna fuck yourself Mm -hmm. and that's that's also part of it that like we have we had the sense to build into our business right right which i think that it's i I feel like it's unfortunately quite common that people are like (laughs) people think that every dollar that they get from a client is straight revenue Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a hilarious misconception for the the newbie entrepreneurs. Um, but I've seen it. I've seen people that think that that is true. And I'm like, that's not going to be good, dude. That's not going to be good for you because that's not true. Um, right. Yeah. There are a lot of operational expenses. And um, so you've got to prepare for them even if you don't like see them yet, you gotta be ready for them. Yeah. Right. When you're first starting, you don't see what you're going to, what your costs are really going to be. Especially if you're growing and scaling, it fucking costs money to scale. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's another thing I see entrepreneurs doing. Um, is that they're like, I'm going to scale this business. We talked a little bit about it last week where you were like, people are going to be like, I'm so excited about my six-figure months. I'm going to start my business in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. the responsibility and the operational cost and like the shit that's going to happen at that high level. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I, we're not ready for that. Scaling costs a lot of money right things are not going to be any more simple for you to run a business at a six-figure month versus like a two-figure month 
Right. <laughs> like, if you don't have your your shit solid, like, like organized, all of your kind of like onboarding, all of how you operate with your clients, how you then perhaps offboard clients, like that that stuff takes definitely takes trial and error. Oh my <laughs> god! Like, yeah, there's there's so much structurally that needs to be set up before you can ever think about scaling a business to that sort of level. Because um, once you start and, having employees and stuff, things get right. exponentially more complicated. And Yes. <sighs> and we've seen it happen. I've been definitely in the middle of like, you know, a business that's trying to scale and I'm a customer and I get the shit end of the stick because they weren't ready to scale to that level. Mm. Like, Interesting. As you the don't, customer. As the customer. Yep. It's happened more than once. Um, where, because if you're not ready to scale and you like blow up, the, and the people that suffer the most are your clients and customers. It's true. Yeah. Because you're probably overpromising <laughs> at this point. Yes. Yeah. What I mean, you can't promise everyone the same level of attention and time. And no, and it's just impossible. Um, yeah. So you got to really think about that. <laughs> like, that's it's a it's a big 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 change and and um yeah I, but I, I yeah I mean it's so it's not only like logistically challenging but I yeah I think even to even for some people to think about getting to the point of running a business that's ready to scale is like a hurdle um, yeah. I mean, like, here's a good example. You made a really good example of offboarding. Mm -hmm. We, just to be like fully transparent, we offboarded our first, we had our first offboarding in the past like few weeks. And that's a whole new thing. Yeah. And we basically like had to put the whole thing together. And we had, like, we had to touch base about it a bunch of different times, like. Yeah, we never really it, thought about it. And, we like, never thought all. about it until yeah. it was like, oh, we have to do this now. Right. You know, we, we're and sort that, of shifting in our, yeah, our priorities, but yeah. Yeah, and we, like, you know, we run a client-based business and we run an ethical client-based business. So we're going to offer people when when our services don't match their needs anymore. We're not one of those companies that are just like, we're just going to keep taking your money and kind of like pull you along. Um, that's shitty and it's stressful. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's stressful for us as much as it's stressful for our clients. So like we have this realization of like, oh, we, and you know that like, yeah, it cuts into our paycheck when we do that, but that's what it is to run an ethical company. Right. You know, we're not afraid to say, 
this isn't a good fit. We're not afraid to say, like, um, you know, here's everything we can do for you. And you've graduated from the dandelion branding world and you don't need this service anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if you're, kind, if you're trying to scale and you don't have those systems in place, it's going to be crazy especially if you're building an ethical business, like, like we are, you know, if you can imagine us, if we had like 15 clients and all of a sudden we have to offboard three and we're running around like a chicken with our heads cut off, like that process wouldn't have been, wouldn't be nice. It wouldn't be smooth. It wouldn't offer like the crazy amount of resources that we do mm-hmm. in our practice now. So, yeah, I, I think it's just being, I, I, the difference is that like we we're client centric, <laughs> we're mm-hmm. like customer centric. We operate only in a, holistic way of understanding how our clients businesses work and understanding how we fit in that picture and when we no longer financially fit in that picture we will tell them even if they want to continue working with us like like we know that our services are not for everyone we don't want them to be for everyone um and and there there comes a certain point when when like a business is just kind of like operating and 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 pushing forward where they maybe don't need our level of expertise any longer. Um, right. Yeah. So, so that's, that's just a sort of like, I, I, I don't know if that's significantly different from how other agencies operate, which is sort of an, um, but I assume that it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know either, but I also, I don't, I mean, I don't know because I don't, we don't work with other agencies, but I definitely know of agencies that just take money from people. Totally. I I mean, I don't, I, yeah, like, and I think that probably there are people out there that'd be like, you're crazy. Like, why would you ever turn down somebody who wants to work with you? Um, And it's not that we're turning them down. It's just that we're saying, no, there are, there are better options for you at this Mm -hmm. time like for what you need this is a better decision for the health of your business yeah we always we always make sure that the health of someone's business comes first yeah sometimes the health of someone's business like is at odds with what the business owner wants and that's a hard that's a hard situation to put people that work for you in and I've been in that situation several times and I always choose the health of the business Hmm. or the health of the team which is usually the health of business um because pretty much it goes back to the data right like what the what a business owner wants or like they're not always right and that's yeah. kind of a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
And we're probably not always right when it comes to the decisions we make for Dandelion. Um, We follow the numbers, so I think that we do a pretty good job. But, like, you know, it's also our role in the world to look at our clients' businesses objectively and be like, this is the best choice for you. Yeah. If you want this brand to succeed. We are, we're like, we run a business. We're not like here to be nice and be your friend. You know, we're here to like help you make good choices for your company. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we are pretty, I think that we're quite objective about a lot of the decisions that we make, or at least we tried to be. Um, and they also know that everything we do is an experiment. <laughs> yeah Um. (laughs) yeah we're also like sorry fuck that up (laughs) but that's how you have to operate no one knows entirely all the best steps to take Mm -hmm. nobody Mm -hmm. um and so yeah you just have to constantly be flexible and and be kind of ready to change at any moment and and make shifts um if you get proven wrong by by your data or if you're finding that yeah your audience is maybe perhaps a little different than you had assumed um yeah i mean people are complicated yeah <laughs> people are complicated but yeah that's um yeah it's it's a, it's a very interesting thing figuring out how to run a business but um gosh the way that we have like thought about dandelion has shifted so much over Mm -hmm. the course of the past, you know, nine months, um, since we started. Um, I know for, for me, yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of that change has been like mindset. Dude. Yeah. And especially mindset about money, especially mindset about money. Yeah. Um, that was one of my biggest hurdles for sure. Um, Cause money scares the shit out of me. Like I, I hate it, but I know that it's necessary in the world. Yeah. But um, it's, it's never been something that I have um, been like fully comfortable with it's not it's something that I've always felt perhaps a bit unworthy of Hmm. um like it's never come easy certainly so uh uh like getting to the point where we are charging our clients an appropriate amount. Oh my God. (laughs) It's been, has been, has taken months, many months of being like, no, you know what? Like what we bring to the table. (laughs) Yesterday. We had this conversation yesterday for Like yesterday we were like, we are. Yeah. We're getting, we're, I I have a different relationship with money than you do, but I, I think I still have a hard time knowing exactly I don't have a hard time charging people I have a hard time knowing exactly what's gonna what things should cost because yeah. of time and energy and remembering that like um like 
you want me to build a landing page and you want me to build an email. Okay. This is what a landing page and an email will cost. But like, don't forget project management. Don't forget Mm -hmm. meetings. Don't forget that you have to look at all the fucking data and figure out every single step. Like, uh, it's very easy to, to forget. Yeah. And like oversimplify what a project would actually entail. Right. Because you and I build all of our shit on the fly and it's very simple because we're like, I don't care what you like or want. This is what we have, (laughs) you know, Uh, it's just us. So when we talk about building a landing page, I think you and I both come or make an email sequence. You and I both like just build it. Mm -hmm. You mean Um, for our own business? Yeah. For Dandelion. And then we're like, this is how long it takes. And this is the thing and blah, blah, blah. We don't have to have a bunch of meetings. We're just like, here's the link. Here you go. This is what we got. Change it if you want. Don't care. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it doesn't work that way with clients, but we sure charge them like it does. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we are fully um, in the midst of in the midst of we're learning we're raising our prices i also like i'm really excited to raise our prices i am not one of these people in the world that's like oh i want to be like too expensive dude no like the shit that we do directly impacts sales i want to charge yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean ultimately for the clients that we work with like if we were not doing the work that we were doing they would not be making sales Period. Right. They won't make money. Zero dollars. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's the context that we have to keep in mind. Or that right. I, I had to keep in mind was that, like, everything that we bring to the table, which is more than what is even on paper, because you can't put a price on how much we give a shit about our clients. (laughs) No. Yeah. Right. Like the other part is like, maybe we should be like, do you know how much we talk about you and plan for you and strategize for you? Not in our meetings. Right. We talk talk about our clients every single day. We basically have a list of like, what's going on with this one? What's going on with this one? What's going on? Yesterday we talked about one client for like two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we had a meeting with them and then we talked about like a bunch of other stuff. Like it, you know, that's yeah. not stuff that we have been charging for. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're learning that that's mm-hmm. new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, it's, it's all just a, a learning process for sure. And it's but... super fun. Oh, for yeah, but absolutely. But um, like yeah, learning I, that I, you're I, more I don't valuable. Any of it? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't, I don't either. But I. If um, anything, it's been it's been healing because I'm learning yeah. how fucking valuable we are. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm learning how like how valuable I am, and I'm and how valuable it is to like have a partner, and like to not be completely fucking independent and by myself. Um, Like that, whatever. If I don't get anything else out of dandelion, like that's enough because that's going to get me through my world, my life. It's true. It's true. I think it has been very healing in that way. And you kind of, I think that that's when the most growth happens is when you just throw yourself in the deep end, you know? 
Mm -hmm. And we did that. (laughs) We certainly did. (laughs) We absolutely did that. And uh, I was so fucking scared to start this goddamn business. I was so scared. I did not think I was worthy. I did not think I had um, like the right knowledge, the right skill sets. I was constantly in doubt of my own level of expertise because I had been taught to feel that way. And, uh, and getting over that has been a wild, wild experience, but like it, I don't, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just so like thankful for the process of the past nine months to have like, um, helped me grow out of that. Um, and it's still, it's still a process. I mean, it's not like, I'm going to always (laughs) better now. Thanks. Bye. Um, yeah. No, it, it is a process and it's a process that like we, you know, we just talked about, we had this conversation literally yesterday. <laughs> so like, this is something that we are always going through in terms of money. And it's interesting for me to hear that you don't find it easy or like a worth around it. Um, I didn't know that about you. I... Have I don't have that relationship with money, um, and I've but I've always been good with money. My mom and I I think I talk about my mom on every single podcast. I just think <laughs> she's I just I talk to her all the time, and we're just like similar enough. Um, she's great. And I, shout out, she's, shout out to Cheryl. Shout out to Cheryl. Uh, she's awesome. She was she's like the American dream, right? She like was raised in a super poor family and she put herself through college and now she's like hella successful. Um, she's a hella successful psychologist and like shout out to therapists also um, <laughs> because that work is also very hard and she's been doing it for pretty much her whole adult life and she's great. Um, I forgot why I was talking about, my- Oh, I was raised by her and she's very good with money because she, because of the way she was raised and she raised me to be really good with money. Um, however, my father who he's not bad with money, but he lives his life in this way. That's like, I fucking want that and I'm going to get it. Damn it. Um, so <laughs> I have always been, right in the middle between my I'm like a pretty 50 50 mix of my parents um Mm. in every aspect but in this one is pretty 50 50 too because I'm that person that will be like derp derp I'm gonna save all my money I have thousands of dollars I'm gonna spend it all because I have a dream (laughs) like literally I can't even tell you how many times in my life I've literally saved like thousands of dollars because I don't have anything like I don't care I don't I don't live a life of like I'm gonna buy everything I want mm. like luxury and thing and fabulosity and, and clothing I don't buy stuff that way I literally just like want my coffee that's what I spend <laughs> money on um not even cigarettes anymore I just like I live very simply but when I want something I will spend all of it like going yeah. to herb school or starting a business or moving to California or moving to the Netherlands for four examples 
<laughs> if you needed that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I have more. Um, <laughs> that's so, yeah, just... It's... And I do think money is easy. I'm just like, I want to live that and I'll get more money later. Yeah. But this is the thing I want to do right now. And I'm going to use this thing to like get more money later. <laughs> I've heard that that is a, a like a, a, a way that some people do look at money is just like that it's, it's, it comes and it goes. And the more easily that you think of it in that way, the more it like, actually does for you like the like if you're if you give money more freely and just think of it more openly like you're sort of opening yourself up to it coming to you more freely as well yeah Um, I'm down I'm down with that because I'm not one of those people that's like just visualize that you will make (laughs) money and it will happen but I do notice that when I stop worrying about it that it's like a thing that Mm. like when I stop worrying about money and start focusing all of that like anxiety attention on things that actually matter Uh (laughs) um I feel I I end up always end up with fuller pockets um traffic and funnels I don't like everything that they do, but one of the things that I learned from them is uh, that money is a lag indicator. Is there lead and lag, the definitions of lead and lag indicators, especially when it comes to money and and attention? Um, That money is a lag indicator. It's something that you get after after stuff. It's not something that, Mm -hmm. like, comes to you for no reason and if you're judging yourself this helped me a lot if you're judging yourself based on the thing that happens after you're not focusing enough attention on the thing that happens before Mm -hmm. or the necessary steps before yeah right yeah um so that was that was a really good money shift for me that it's a lag indicator yeah it's yeah it's a fascinating thing I I definitely do sort of feel like I need to or I I've benefited from visualizing more or less um a life where I I live financially comfortably um yeah because that's not something I've truly experienced Mm -hmm. ever so Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a fiction for me at the, like at this point and I have to envision it. Um, I don't have any other reference mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and being okay with that. Um, and, and understanding that it is a possibility that I can make a reality um, has been helpful. Yeah. It, um, it is helpful. It's helpful yeah. when uh, it's helpful. That's helpful for me when I can't sleep actually hmm. um which is a lot <laughs> but yeah I think like just just you know thinking about what's possible mm-hmm. and 
because I read a book that said that the um, imagining is essentially the same. It uses the same part of your brain as experience. Mm -hmm. So when you spend all of your time imagining about things and you're imagining about negative things, you're you're putting yourself through negative experiences. Stop doing that. Right. The brain is a very powerful thing. And uh, yeah, the way that we tell, the way that we speak to ourselves about certain things and the way that like our, that we, uh, I don't know, view our story and continue to tell our story to ourselves, um, mm-hmm. I think has a, has a big effect on uh, what will come in the future Yeah, for you. So Yeah. And yeah. it has a big effect on how you relate with other people. Yeah. The story that you believe yourself to be in Mm -hmm. and I think like that's especially potent when you have close client relationships or close relationships with other people in business that like if you're telling yourself the story about money over and over again and stressing about it um, or time or energy or positive and negative experiences or whatever it is when you're telling yourself that story over and over again. And then you see someone um, in your relationship that you, or in your life um, that you have a business relationship with, it's really easy to cross a boundary uh, because you will start telling, you can start telling them that same negative, crazy story. Yeah. Oh, boundaries. Oh, boundaries boundaries <laughs> yeah um we're gonna shit talk about some boundary boundary stepping shit yeah. talking yeah That's, yeah i mean it's it's so connected to the <laughs> like to as as you just mentioned yeah the um the line of professional and unprofessional boundaries when it comes to how people talk about really anything but certainly money Mm -hmm. Um, it's very interesting I think time and money because those are the things that we stress about especially as Americans um I'm trying to figure out what like Dutch people stress about but it's really hard uh I think it's similar I Um, think I don't Oh, where to go um, buy fireworks because they love fireworks fucking love fireworks right now um <laughs> i'm really happy that there's not that like there's not a bunch of fireworks blowing up right this minute during this podcast and i'm literally knocking on yeah. wood because my dog <laughs> will be like barking gunshots. yeah dude it's yeah gun- gunshots and the dog is gonna bark and it's yeah it's high stress high stress time um <laughs> it's not happening during this podcast so that's good yeah we got uh, lucky we got really lucky um but yeah I think that people stress about money and they stress about time um and those are like what we stress about personally but that's also what we stress about like when we're running a business Uh and like it's easy when you're stressed about the same thing in your personal life as you are in your business life to blur the edges of what's my personal and what's my professional yeah. Yeah. I'd actually be really interested to kind of know for anybody who's listening, like, well, not only like, what are your thoughts and, and what are your, you know, if you have any sort of like hangups about 
about money, about talking about money, about feeling like you deserve money, but also, um, like your thoughts on, on sort of where the boundary lies, um, when speaking to people in a professional setting about, um, about money and, and money, uh, perhaps struggles or, or, or the opposite or about like successes, you know, financial successes, like where, where do you think that boundary lies? I guess I'd be interested in knowing. Yeah, I would too. I think every, because that's something that's so personal. Yeah. Everybody has a different personal boundary. I certainly have a different boundary than like you or Tom or any, even my mom or anybody close it's all like everybody has their that their own limit yeah yeah but when it comes to personal and professional boundaries i think for me that boundary has to be stronger than like you and i chatting on the podcast or um, although, uh, we keep it pretty professional on the podcast minus all the fucks, but like, <laughs> I don't know if that's not, if that's not professional because every professional, that like human that I talk to swears like a sailor. Right. We're humans. I don't think cursing is unprofessional these days. I think that's an antiquated idea. I don't think it ever was. I think it was unladylike true yeah so that's uh, some feminist those boundaries shit to think about. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah what do you think about personal professional boundary world i mean i i haven't felt it be like personally I haven't experienced it being crossed a whole lot and I'm very thankful for that um but I'm a pretty private person aside from the amount of myself that I share on this goddamn podcast (laughs) um I like I don't want to talk about um perhaps like my family life with with my clients I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. want to, I don't want to talk about politics with my clients. I don't want to talk about uh, personal financial issues with my clients. I don't want to talk about um, like, I really like, I'm, I'm here to talk about our business and our projects and I don't really want to actually hear much more. Um, I agree. And uh, yeah. And um, I do love, I do love the anecdote though the intermittent anecdote of like the a family story or something sweet that happened since the last time we spoke in their life, you know? Yeah. Perhaps um, there's a time and a place, I suppose, but like, um, I, yeah, I guess family is the one that like is a, like more so a, a bit Okay. Because, like, mm-hmm. that, like, we do want to create a personal relationship with the clients that we work with. And I think that a part of that is definitely understanding what's going on in each other's lives. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when something happens. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there, 
life happens and, and, uh, and so it's important to keep the people that you work closely with in the loop, um, about life, life shit when life gets in your way. Um, and so I would not say that that is ever pushing the boundary, but like, I, I think, yeah, really, um, I don't, I don't ever want to talk about politics with the, my clients. <laughs> no, I, I, we definitely agree there. I do not want to have that conversation. If we have a political client, I mean, I will talk about politics, but I won't talk about my politics. There it is. Yes. Right. Yes. And I will talk about like, and the other, to your point about like, we need to know what's going on because I, I'm, I'm one of those people, um, that like goes that when I work in an office or like have um, employee people employed under me or whatever, I check in and ask how they're doing basically yeah. every single day. That's part of my personality. Uh, it, and it's always going to be like, I, and I've gotten in, I've gotten in trouble for this um, on a bunch of different occasions, mm-hmm. but I, I'm never going to stop doing it. And I've, also been very clear about that, which is that like I want to know how my team is doing yeah I want to know how my clients are doing I want to know about how the people are I literally like I'm midwestern I ask people how they're fucking doing and I mean that you do and that's part of that part of your personality is quite possibly the entire reason that we that are like this our friendship began because I'm a pretty like like I I I keep to myself like I don't I don't openly talk about myself in a group setting ever but if someone no, asks you about me I'm an open book and you asked every day <laughs> and I so- do I ask every day and I still ask every day yeah. and not only not only do I ask that but I've asked so many people that question just in my life that I know and especially with you Courtney like I know when I need to ask more questions. Yeah. Like I know the responses that, that trigger me to be like, what's actually going on with you? <laughs> even when I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Even when you don't know, I'm like, so what's this thing? What's going like, on with, I'll just, I, I literally just start asking about every aspect of your life that I know about until yeah. we find like what, the thing is so I guess we don't have a whole lot of boundaries we don't have boundaries yeah um and I think that 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 perhaps is different for different types of business partnerships I guess um yeah um I would say that that's that's interesting but you and I have a are are building a life business together Mm-hmm. Like we do have pretty serious boundaries with our clients. Yeah, yeah. But you in know, terms of like because we work so closely together, we have to know everything that's going on in our, each other's lives because it affects how we operate. And yeah. there's no one else in this business except you and I. And like, if something is off, then like our balance is entirely off, and that is how we we right we, that that balances everything. So. Right, and if you have an off day. And I don't, and I just come at you like you're not having an off day. Mm-hmm. We'll get into an argument. Mm-hmm. Like 
and we don't really argue. <laughs> like we kind mm-hmm. of just go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that frustrates the other person. Yeah. Um, That's something that and, I've had to learn, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to approach because, like, in solopreneur world, you're just dealing with yourself all the time. But when you're adding one other person, like, you have it's a it's a partnership, and it's a yeah. partnership that is in the same way of like my, like relationship partnership with tom like i wouldn't like we've been work wives for a long time like i you know he comes home from he works really really hard and he's like really important at his job and he when he comes home and he's stressed like i can't not at if i don't ask him then like our partnership doesn't work either yeah and it's the same with you and so i feel like a partnership is a lot different than a business relationship. That's true. That is, that is very true. And I'd, I'd really love to know how solopreneurs navigate that because you don't have anyone else to sort of, um, I guess, shed light on the parts of you and your process that perhaps are not like, healthy (laughs) and uh and so and what we're learning is that solopreneurs like the solopreneurs that we work with they ask us like (laughs) which is something we're also learning um that will happen that we weren't prepared for but like yeah they don't Mm-mm. Right. We've so. worked with a few and they, there's no way, there's no way to tell when you're yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's add that to the list of things that are incredibly challenging as a solopreneur. I feel like we've mentioned something challenging about every me. single time. <laughs> every time. Yeah. Shout out to you guys. I don't know how you're doing it still. Like, please hit us up because we want to like help you. <laughs> It's it's I can't even imagine uh, the how how that feels and and um, and and being able to sort of navigate those really dark waters. Um, And like I before before dandelion was a thing I mentioned earlier, I had clients on mine. I was working on my own. I wasn't building a business on my own. I was just me um, with clients, which I, I don't know. Maybe I was operating under Urban you Flow. Were, yeah, you were a freelancer. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. Um, and by law, it is the same thing, actually, interestingly enough, um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the Netherlands. Because if you're a solopreneur, they're like, you're just a freelancer, unless you're building like an e-commerce business or whatever. Yeah. I think I... I don't know. Don't quote us on that. Don't, <laughs> yeah, no, probably not factual. But that, what I actually went to register myself as a as a, as a solopreneur, like because I need to work to be here. I need to be working, and they were like, "Don't register, just file taxes," because it's just under you. Hmm. Um. So I like 
what I think is really interesting, and I really appreciate this from you, Courtney, is that like when I had clients, those personal professional boundaries were really easily crossed. Yeah. Because it is just me. Um, and it's just me in a time when I'm by myself in a new country. Um, there's a shitload going on. And, you know, the anecdote of like, like, sorry, I don't have my stuff. Like, I don't have everything because it took like six months to ship everything here. Or like, I'm feeling, you know, it's, there's, there was an extra added piece of stress to my life for like eight or nine months that I'm just now kind of coming out of um, a little bit that like my solo clients, like definitely I felt that they had to know about, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I still never miss deadlines. I still didn't fuck up their work. Like they still always grew and my work was still really good. But I did have to be like, to be honest with you, you know, I, I do feel like it's been a bit stressful for me. Mm-hmm. Like life is a bit stressful. So that, that openness is something that my clients really loved. But also I feel like was really easy for them to take advantage of that yeah. personal, yeah. <laughs> the personal nature of that. Absolutely. It's a really slippery slope. Yeah. Um, Because the more someone knows about you, the more they can take advantage of or use against you or. Yeah. And unfortunately, manipulative. Yeah. And unfortunately, that does happen. Yeah. It happened to me, you know, because when you start to share that sort of personal stuff, um, it becomes a we thing we're dealing with this or, you know, for me, I care a lot. I care way too much about other people sometimes, especially if like, I feel like I have a stake in their growth, which is why I'm not a herbalist or a health practitioner. Um, and so for me to have personal relationships with people that I'm also like have business relationships with, I think I care a lot and then I will going back to money, I will charge them less or I will work on their stuff more for longer. Mm -hmm. Um, I will get myself into a position where I don't have time to take on other projects or make better money or what, anything because I care. So that, that personal boundary, like I, I'm really like doing a lot of work to just set that and then be very clear about it. And then like, I don't do anything. Like I don't mix lines. I don't, I don't mince words. I'm like, this is the boundary period. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely a, yeah, it's a hard thing to communicate because I think, and especially as women, we like feel, I think we feel more obligated to not come off as too, hard or harsh um Mm -hmm. and so that's an interesting thing to sort of navigate it's like how to communicate those boundaries um and that's 
honestly probably what keeps people from setting boundaries in general is that they don't know how to communicate them or they're just, you know, trying to be a people pleaser and like they, they want to continue this relationship. So they're willing to kind of do anything to make that business partner, uh, happy or successful but at at the detriment of themselves yeah um and yeah i think it just takes knowing yourself to to be able to sort of recognize those patterns and Um, to be really clear about your scope of work because that's we haven't really talked about that but like um this is another thing we're learning which is that like it's very easy to do more work Mm mm-hmm you know, we're experts at what we do and uh, we're problem solvers. So like we see a problem and we solve it. And all of a sudden we're six steps away from like what we said we would do. And we've done shitload more and taken a bunch more time. Yeah. And like, you know, we're operating a business. Right. I, I want to go above and beyond for every single one of our clients, but like, and we do, we absolutely do that, but we do that by staying within our scope of work and knowing our value. Mm-hmm. And that's and like, that, it that is a challenge. That's setting our own boundaries, like our mm-hmm. own, which is, which is hard. Cause yeah, by nature, we want to, we see problems within the structure of a business and we want to fix them because we know that we can, but like, I'm not being paid to be your director of operations. Right. Yeah. Like I could do it, <laughs> but like, I, yeah, right. Like that's not what we were hired to do. So yeah, I think that it's just such a interesting kind of mind shift thing of like being comfortable in what you are proposing to do with your work, how much you charge for that work and staying within those boundaries. And damn, if that's not the biggest challenge, then I don't know what is. But yeah, that um, pretty much sums up this whole episode and the importance of it. Is there something that like we can say about boundaries that are like a hard and fast? Set them, stick to them. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) my my rule is basically like I will say it two times and then I don't communicate anymore. Yeah, like that's it's such a personal thing. I hate repeating myself. It's so personal. I also hate repeating myself. Um, I hate repeating myself and I really don't want, like, I, like, I, and I really don't want to, like, like, if someone's arguing my boundary with me, I'm a whole lot of fuck you. You know, like, I'll say it once and you can, and then, like, you know, it's kind of, like, natural to ask what or to push back and I'll say it again. Mm Mm-hmm. I know you heard me, motherfucker. I ain't saying it again. I ain't saying anything. I get there after the, like, the second time I repeat myself. Literally with anything. Even with Tom. And that's not even a boundary. That's just, like, he's got bad hearing. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like... Um, I ain't saying it again. I ain't saying it again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a harder pass, really. Like, I... I think it's just knowing yourself and and knowing what aspects of yourself that people might 
uh, take advantage of and and solving for that before it can even happen. And we know that we can so easily go into a project and uh, and then operate entirely outside of our scope of work. So we're learning that we really need to nail it down to, to a T mm-hmm. exactly what we're going to be working on so that we can always have that to reference back um, mm-hmm. when we're asked to do something that is outside of that scope. Yep. And we and, need to get comfortable saying that's not in our scope of work. Right. Being comfortable saying no is, is, uh, is a big thing, but we do. Yeah. I mean, no is a complete answer. Yeah, we could have a whole nother world on that. <laughs> but whole um, off brand on no. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, that's kind of. Yeah. Kind uh, of do you want to do a question or do you want to skip it? Gosh, well, um, it is an interesting question that we have this week. Um, it's sort of on the topic of, of money and scaling, I guess. Um, yeah, it's on money and scope of work, really, kind of, money and priority. Uh, let's do yeah, it quick. I, let's okay. Do it quick. So the question um, actually came to uh, me, this is Aubrey, um, from somebody that uh, is in our Facebook group, which is The Curious Marketer. Um, which on Facebook, which you should join the curious marketer. Um, and he asked me why we don't put, why we don't use affiliate links for the like MailChimp and Klaviyo and, um, you know, all, we do a lot of app comparison stuff and why we don't use, uh, links, uh, affiliate links for that. Um, I thought that was an awesome question. Yeah, it is. For several reasons. One is uh it's because the answer because the answer to that question isn't like a black and white answer. It's like basically I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. I the, mean the answer is that it it's like though it is something that we ideally would like to do at some point, it was not a priority. And, and when like we produce content so frequently and so quickly that that's our focus. Our focus Mm -hmm. is not going back and trying to get affiliate links for, uh, to get 10% of when someone clicks through and, and maybe purchases a particular program because what is that really? What is that 10%? Like, okay, at most, it's maybe like 10, 15 bucks, like tops, but probably it's like two bucks. Um, and yeah. our, our time Fitty is money. Soon. Time is money. Right. Um, right. Like it's going to take, if I, if we go right now and spend, it's going to, it takes, a, it actually takes a lot of time and effort for, mm-hmm. to get affiliate links for those larger companies. Absolutely does. Yeah. So if I'm going to spend, let's just say it's an hour and a half of my time. And mm-hmm. what that's really like at this point, the size of our network. Uh, yeah, it's not going to do us any good for that, that hour and a half that I could yep. be like making money, finding clients, getting paid, like whatever, doing actual stuff that Dandelion Branding does. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that hour and a half that I'm spending finding an affiliate link and then another maybe like half an hour so two hours total like updating all of those links everywhere 
Yeah. It isn't going to pay for itself. It absolutely does not. It is not a financially viable decision for us at this point in time. It's something we would love to do. And like, that's definitely going to be on the list of things for our our virtual assistant to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can you get affiliate links for all of these? Yeah, because we have a lot of like, uh, downloadable shit. That is Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. That have perfect chances for affiliate links. That would be great. We do. We do a ton of research into anything that we like promote and recommend to people throughout all of our different like free resources and stuff that we put out there. Um, So the recommendations that we give are absolutely vetted, but, but like, it's more important for us to just be producing that valuable content than it is for us to nickel and dime and, and try to, try to then monetize mm. that recommendation. If you enjoy that recommendation, then you will understand our value and you will understand what we can bring to the table. And so if you need a service that is in our wheelhouse, you will consider us to do that service. That's right. a hell of a lot more lucrative than making that 15 bucks on you clicking that link. So right. that's what our focus is. And that's the main, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, question. is that when it's a priority, it'll happen. Um, right. Then that's it. And I think that that's just, just like leads to a, a bigger conversation about like solopreneurs, I think especially follow trap to this, um, doing shit that like you don't need to do. Mm-hmm. That, that is like you doing details that like aren't serving you. Yes, right. It's not a big picture thing. Like you're that's like way small picture that you are yeah. hyper focused on and Yeah, and it's so small. Mhm. Like uselessly small. Pretty much. Like don't do those don't do useless shit when you are starting a business and you are like bootstrapping you don't have time to do useless shit. You like you need to be producing content and putting out, getting the word out and like spending your time doing whatever it it is that your brand does. That's it. When you're at a point that you can scale, think about getting affiliate links Mm -hmm. until then, like put it on a to-do list. Yeah. Put it on a sticky note. You'll come back to it. Yeah. See it for later. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. Map real priorities. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And be efficient about your time. Right. Right. And like, think about things in how they relate to other things that you're doing. And yeah, I think. I, I think if Courtney was like, I, what did you do today, Courtney? Oh, I spent like two hours updating all of our affiliate links. I would literally be like, what the fuck? Why? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what? Uh, like, Because I want to make $10 really quick. <laughs> or whatever. Like, no. Yeah, but like we need, like, so we have so many things right. to do. Yeah. It's, um... 
yeah, there's a time and a place for that sort of thing. And sure, like, yeah, if, you know, a $10 a click or a link, it can add up. It has the potential to add up. Absolutely. Add up. And that's why we recommend that sort of a thing when you're at a point of scaling because yeah, uh, you're going to be growing and so your audience will be will be growing as well. And so that, that number could be more significant, certainly. But um but yeah until you're there Mm-mm. like you know until you're ready to do extra stuff focus don't. on what makes you money yep 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 and be comfortable with the money that you're making and you deserve it you deserve it yep okay that's a podcast for the day that's our that's our podcast <laughs> yeah solid deadline branding off brand thanks for listening everybody i said it right this time i said it thanks for listening and oh you um, did it mm -hmm. um next week is christmas day yeah maybe yeah it'll be christmas day maybe we'll record on like monday or something like a different day of the week yeah so we will still have content for you next week um for everyone who celebrates have a good christmas um have a good you know happy holidays all the things enjoy it try not to work too hard yeah um yeah take some time to relax please do very important um you're annoying when you don't relax that's just (laughs) general everybody's annoying if they don't relax enough Uh uh-huh yeah so um, take care of yourself enjoy it yeah and uh we'll talk to you next time yeah bye right. wait do we have a sign off this time uh, no i mean no <laughs> eventually i don't know okay eventually. bye okay <laughs> have a good day bye wait. I'm not